Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome to another week of quarantine and question mark. Girl, I don't even know anymore. The cases are up, but the masks are off, ladies and gents mm. and non-binary folks. I got a lot going on at the moment. I'm just, I'm trying to keep it all together for the podcast. She's trying to treat everyone with kindness, and um, I'm treating everyone with apple cider vinegar, because this week's spirit month theme is dedicated to me and me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to say the name? I had my hairy moment. Taylor has hers this week. It is Harry Styles. Harry Edward Styles, the first, the only, the always. Um, walk me he through your same, look, though. Oh, I was going to say, he has the same middle name as my father. Edward. As the Cullen. Um, <laughs> They're both British. Both British, except for my father. He's, He's American. British in, at heart. Sure. <laughs> So my look, okay, so I didn't recreate a look because I honestly don't have anything that Harry Styles has that is, like, similar to what he's ever worn. So I decided just to kind of go with, like, an era. And I think what I've gone with is, like, late 2019, early 2020, you know, pre-COVID, when he was promoting Fine Line on, like, talk shows and all that. Um... So, what I have is this, like, rainbow sweater type of deal. Um, I have a collared shirt, and a white collared sh- shirt underneath, and the classic pearl necklace that I have been searching for for weeks, and I finally found it. High and low. The graduation photo. Mm-hmm. What is the word I'm thinking of? Requirement. Finishing touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this is what I have. It's very hot, but I do really like the look because I've worn it before and I, this is like the first time I feel like I've actually pieced something together. Usually I just like throw jeans and a shirt on. I'm like, that's cool. But this I like piece together and I'm like super proud of myself. I'll start a Tumblr called like Katie's Closet and I'll like start linking the clothes. She didn't walk us okay. through the, the the nails, the rings. <gasps> the nail. Oh my gosh, I did. Okay, first of all, we have to ignore the rings because, like, my ring collection. This is from like high school me, because uh, I haven't bought rings in a while. Um, I am gonna get some eventually, some chunky rings. Some chunks. But, yeah, these are my rings. They're just like rose gold, silver, gold stuff. She got some stacks. Mhm. And then I have um. My nails are kind of like, there's a mint color, there's a lavender color, black, and then uh, this like rose blush type of color. Um, Really cute. Really, I think really my thing. I also need to get new nail polish because some of this stuff was old. I did volunteer to film a nail polish collection video for you, but I didn't get a response, so I didn't film it. Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting to, like, respond to you, and so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're right over there. They're looking at me. I'm looking at them. Um, I mean, if, if you want to make a little tour for me, a little video tour, I would actually love that. I love, like, this is when Simply, Simply Neological was a thing. 
like her whole thing. Ooh, that was everything. What what was that era? Like 2017? Something like uh, that? Maybe, yeah, like around that time period. Like to maybe like 2016, 2017. Yeah. That window of time. She was everything. But you know what else is everything? Your outfit. Walk us through it. What a segue. So we're going to ignore my bowling pin hair because it's so hot in here and I cannot wear it down. Um, Where do I start? I decided to recreate the Met Gala look because I've said it before. I think that is the look that made me fall in love with him. Like I loved him in 2017 when HS1 came out. But when I saw that Megala look, I said, that man is my everything. I will spend every dollar I have on him, apparently. So we have this singular pearl dangly earring that I DIY'd. I broke a statement necklace to make it. It was live, too. I was here for it. Katie saw it. It was like watching my Instagram live if I did that. (laughs) If I was a social media influencer. Um, And then my shirt is a... Shirt of my past, a shirt from high school. This is the shirt. The one that I said, that girl said that my shirt was cool that one time. This is the shirt. Mm. Um, She's mesh up top. She is sleeveless. That makes me insecure, but that's okay. And you can tell it's a product of its time because it's a peplum top. <laughs> Bye. It's a peplum. Uh, but it's tucked into some black trousers because I wanted to, you know, commit. Um, Oh, I did put a little Taylor Swift moment up top not for their relationship (laughs) but just because i'm too poor to afford harry's 480 dollar h and s rings like i'm so sorry i'm poor so i took my little t and i tied it around my neck not because he owns me but because he really knows me Mm. (laughs) we love the reference to finish the look i did also paint my nails i did the same thing he did for the Met Gala. I actually own the colors that he has, but I will say I owned them before he wore them. They were not purchased because of him. And we have a little pin cross tattoo because I'm also not getting a tattoo because poor. And I don't think I would get a cross in my hand anyway. Uh, and then I have a couple of rings as well. Aw, how fun. Yours are cute. I love them. We have Big Chunky Mama. I think my Nana gave it to me. We have this ring that only fits on my thumb because she big, she beefy. Uh, also my Nana. Little pink, whatever that is, shaped marquee cut. I don't know. And then my class ring, which is the only like masculine-esque ring that I own. I know. I want like masculine-esque rings. I agree with that. The only thing masculine I want in my life are the rings. <laughs> Honestly, the rings, the clothes. Mm. I I yeah, just think I, your look is so cute. Thank you. I love yours as well. And, you know, I have been looking to Etsy for some rings. And I did find some initial rings. And I am going to get one. Um, it's just the K. It is, like, a little expensive. It's, like, $15. But, you know, it is not Harry Styles. Um whatever price you said it was 480 bucks per ring you know i think 14 dollars is a pretty good deal compared to that i think that that's almost as expensive that is what we call luxurious mm. i know i'm like ooh, going a little crazy here but i feel like i have to have it i at this point i feel like i'm stealing harry styles uh 
style. And I'm not going to apologize for it. And you shouldn't have to. You wear it well. I told you before, I feel like your look reminds me of what he wore to the Brits. Like the purple sweater thing. But also, kind of the look he wore on... Oh my god, why am I... Like NPR? The like chick sweater. So I actually saved like a bunch of pictures to my Pinterest board and like it was from those events specifically that was like inspired from. So yeah, great minds think alike. I will say I have a sticker of his Met Gala hands and I did use it as a photo reference when I was painting my nails earlier. So we both just had the references on lock today. Mm -hmm. You had to if you want to get it accurate. Um. But do you want to move into your seamless second, which I'm excited for? Oh my goodness. Okay, so today, after I finished our review television series, I said, okay, I need something else to kill the time. Um, and I said, let's watch a movie. Let's watch a Disney Channel. Just kidding, it's not movie. Let's watch an Aaron Sorkin movie. We want to watch an Aaron Sorkin movie. <laughs> I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. I'm going to watch that later. Oh, my goodness. It's so bloody good. Oh, my God. I Okay, you know how we always talk about the social network all the time? And, you know, here's Sean Parker. Uh, I just love Sean Parker. The dialogue in this is so juicy and delicious. Like, is it like, is it similar to the social network? Because I feel like dialogue and social network is what makes it good okay so this movie's like two hours long which is it's a actually it's a little over two hours um and i was attracted to it because media law and it's talking about like first amendment right and like inciting violence and da 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 you can look into it it's a true story but the this one line there were a couple actually that just gave me social network energy one of them was like are you stoned and he was like yeah you or (laughs) father no or my personal favorite um tom give me a minute what's his last name hayden was like and you tell abby we're going to chicago to protest the war not to f around and then abby's in the background he's like you tell hayden that i went to brandeis and i can do both and i was eating it up oh my goodness i can't wait i I think it was yesterday when I saw it on like my Netflix front page and I was like, I have to watch that. That that is intriguing. And isn't Joseph Gordon Levitt in it? He is, and so is Eddie Redmayne. Ooh, they just have everybody. And everybody they're they're the only two actors. <laughs> the, the only world. two actors in Hollywood. If it doesn't have Joseph or Eddie in it, it ain't even a movie. It's fake. Um it also has this one guy. I forget what his name is, but I've seen him in another movie before. Um, he's in this movie with Elle Fanning, How to Talk to Girls at Parties. He plays this guy named N, and I cannot remember what his name is, IRL. Mm-hmm. And it has Michael Keaton in it. Um, you know, our spotlight journalism man makes another appearance. It, it's there just a juicy movie. Oh my gosh, I'm glad you recommended it, and I'm glad you liked it, because now I'm really excited for it. I keep doing this on my computer. I'm sorry, you that's my thumb. 
<laughs> you realize my thumb was I, just right there. Identity theft. I feel like you'll really appreciate the fashion in it, even though, like, this movie is obviously about, like, protesting the war, a serious issue, you know. Ooh, we're in court trial. But, okay, the scene where they're, like, protest, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the outfits... When they popped off. Oh my god, immaculate. I said, I'm about to take screenshots. I'm about to, like, reference for when I get money to buy clothes. That is amazing. I can't wait to watch that. Your juicy, seamless second. So, uh, we both know about the YouTube channel Pretty Much It. You know, we live for them. There are 13 reasons why... Uh, tracks are amazing. My favorite is the Harry Potter one. I honestly can rewatch that Harry Potter one so many times. It is so funny. Um, their joke about Dumbledore's army and creating it into Dumbledore's Ar- Arby's is my favorite joke in the in their <sighs> entire channel. Um, you just have to watch it to really get it. But. I've been noticing lately, you know, they haven't been uploading a lot. And I'm like, oh, it's probably like, you know, COVID, something like that. But I did I did some Googling. And then, you know, in the comments section of their newest videos, everybody's like, oh, I'm just like sad that Jacob's gone. And I was like, Jacob's gone? Oh, yeah. I did know I, this. Yeah. I figured you knew this. But I just wanted to like spread, spread the message around. Spread awareness for Jacob yeah. Shaw being gone. So, um, immediately I had to go to Reddit as one does to figure out what happened. And a lot of people are saying like he wanted to do some projects. And then recently, um, on Twitter, there's been, there's been some feuds going on. So Jacob apparently has said that he was only paid minimum wage and he was never paid overtime despite working as a full-time producer and tour manager. And then Eric, he's, he's saying like, you were paid above minimum wage we were receiving salary raises and all this and that. It's just a lot of like financial stuff, like oh, being no. like going around. I didn't know that. I just heard that like he had stepped down for because he has his own channel called More Than Enough. Well, that's what like everyone on Reddit was saying, but this is like these tweets are recent. Um, it's only like this month, and so like it's kind of sad to think like there's just there's just some beef between the two of them it seems like because their dynamic on their channels on the channel was just so great i it's just really sad yeah it will never be the same um their recent videos are really funny i will say that but um because for some reason i didn't realize like the social network that wasn't with jacob Mm -mm. it like i didn't even it didn't even register in my mind um but you know, Jacob, I hope you're. I hope you're doing okay, doing your own thing. Wish you, wish you both the best. It sucks that like money has to come between people and become a thing because their mm-hmm. friendship and their, you know, dynamic was so golden. But apparently, people who followed Eric for you know a long time and have like really seen his channel and commentary evolved they've been like well it's been different people like again and again and again because i've only been following pretty much it for like i don't know like two or three years yeah and i recently just discovered them when season four 13 reasons why came out and you told me about them and i started watching him so obviously i don't know like the history or anything but i did look up like 
it was in that same reddit thread where people are saying like well this is like kind of normal for the channel like people just kind of come and go but it's always eric who stays around um but it i guess it's kind of i don't know it's just strange but i hope everybody's just happy doing what they're doing i mean i it's still sad though it's like a dynamic duo Jacob is on TikTok, if anyone cares. I think it's... Ooh. I think his user is Dr. Jakey, I think. Cool. Um, all right. We've, we got to finally... 16 minutes in. We got to get into our main portion of the podcast. What are we doing today, Taylor? Today, we are spritzing on in, or misting on in, as I should say, to the Stephen King double adaptation because it was a movie. No, it was a book, and then it was a movie, and then it was a show. The Mist. But is it a double ad- adaptation? Like, is it adapted from the film, too? Or is I it just... I don't know. I just said that to sound smart. But if it I mean, sounded it kinda... ignorant, that's fine, I mean, too. It, I will say it doesn't sound ignorant, because... I mean, it still fits. Um, I was so excited when I saw that Stephen... This was... Um, a Stephen King like adaptation because I knew about the mist from like the movie but I didn't realize this mist (laughs) there's there's gonna be a lot of mist going around in this podcast I didn't realize this was like the same thing like the same from the same Stephen King novel and I was really excited because I recently watched uh The Outsider which I I think I recommended on the podcast um at some point and I love that show. I know some people had like mixed reactions to it of how slow it was, but I loved it. It had this like mystery aspect to it, trying to figure out like what is like this whole like what is, what is the whole mystery? And I was excited to go into this um, because it it has the same aspect. I will say though, I mentioned this to you sometime when watching the show, Stephen King. Um, he needs to come up with new ways, just like some new storylines, I would say. Like, he has different, like, supernatural elements. It's just, it when you really start thinking about the foundation of these stories, they're all kind of the same. And that's, like, we're in this small town. We're stuck in it somehow. Uh, there's a monster that comes around, like, not, like, a monster, an element, whatever. It comes around every so-and-so year's. You, you see this in It, uh, the clown comes around like every 20-something years. You see this in The Outsider. This, Being trapped under the dome. Yeah. yeah, like, it's just, it's the same thing every time. And I will say, I like, I like it, but it, it is repetitive. It, it is the same thing every time. There were a lot of, like, It parallels in this particular adaptation with like the red balloons yeah. and them traveling through the uh sewer tunnels i mean that was obviously supposed to be like an easter egg i think it was them trying to like say like hey we're like based on the same this is coming from the same author who wrote it and y'all know it right because this is when the first movie came out like mm-hmm. the first um with all the new kids um but I will say like I was thoroughly surprised of how much I enjoyed it it wasn't perfect I'll say that it wasn't outsider level but I liked it 
um, compared to other people's reactions on Reddit. Because I don't understand the hate. I think a lot of people compare it to the movie. And the, the movie's ending is notoriously, like, bad, I guess. I've never seen the movie, but people just never liked it. But also, this is coming from two people who've never seen the movie. I've never read the book, never seen the movie. I have seen the ending of The Mist, the movie, and I get why people are upset, but I don't know. I mean, Stephen King adaptations, I feel like a lot of times people are not satisfied, and I mean, that's okay. Everyone's allowed to have their own opinion or whatever, and I will say, like, this show, once again, was not perfect, but it was really easy to watch. And it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It gives um, it gives me the society um, vibes. Not um, not just the whole like getting canceled after one season without solving anything. Um, but I think you and I just both love these kind of these TV shows that aren't perfect. They're obviously not. They're kind of like hilariously like bad. In a way, I'm not going to say bad, just like, they're they're not, you know, on the level of Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or something like that, but they're so addictive because of all these ridiculous characters, this, the ridiculous dialogue, the mystery elements to it, and all, and all that. I just eat up a show like this, anything with mystery, anything that requires an ounce of like survivalist mentality I am on it because I just start putting myself in this headspace where I'm like okay I would have done it this way and I would have done it that way like compared to the society this show definitely doesn't really put let's form a government on like the top of the priority list but it does have like similar energy yeah there's definitely um like how are we gonna survive as a group um I did like how there were, like, different groups, even though we'll get into, you know, our ranking of the groups, I should say, and how we liked each group. Um, There's just... I I really liked how colorful everybody was. These... I mean, yeah, some people were, like, plain, but not everybody was. I think it's just funny. The characters were the funniest part, because some of these characters, I swear, we'd be dragging them to the ground. Like three in particular. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think what I also love about the show, not just the survivalist aspect, and I I love that, you know, um, I stay committed to The Walking Dead, no matter how bad it gets, but... It's just it has this it has this mystery to it. It makes me want to keep watching to figure out like what is this mist, what, like, it, and there's not even just that's not the only mystery. There's these little subplots in there that we're trying to figure out the character relationships, and all of this. There's a lot of unanswered questions and it's really sad that this got canceled after one season i know questions about the past questions about the present and questions about the future what's going to happen next and i said i feel like the show would have worked with three seasons like Mm -hmm. three seasons i feel like is all they would have needed to tell the story um i i don't know i feel like shows Obviously, you have your Grey's Anatomies and your Supernaturals that go on for, like, 20 years. 
Uh, and then you have your normal shows that know when to cap it off. But I feel like three seasons, between three and six seasons, I feel like it's just golden. Yeah, and then sometimes seven to eight is like a good. If the, if the show is good enough, it can work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just looking at like what are considered some of the best shows of all time: Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Those last from like five to eight seasons. That's like a good. It's a good stepping stone, and like two seasons, that's getting to like mini series. I would say two, three is like mini series mm-hmm. type. Of I think deal. it would have worked well as a mini series. Yeah, I just. It really just irritated me that it was canceled because I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. It got 62%, which isn't horrible, but also it's like on the brink of, you know, being rotten and being fresh. And I I suspect that it has to do with viewership, but also it was on Spike. Spike, which is not a network, not like no shade to Spike, but like it's not a network that people watch. Yeah, and I think if you're going to be on cable television, you really need to get on the shows that people are going to watch. You need to get on, like, AMC or, you know, ABC or something like that. Or even, like, CW or Freeform. Mm -hmm. Those are the channels that people are going to watch. It's not Spike. And I think that's where it really, you know, I think that's that's the problem there. And I think Netflix should have picked it up at some point, even if it only lasted another season, just at least until we got our answers. I just think it's so disappointing like shows that have potential get canceled based on network viewership and I'm like yeah it's because nobody watches that like there are only like five or six like big 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 channels that everyone tunes into but miss Netflix everyone always gets their hopes up they're like well maybe Netflix will pick it up when it gets canceled and I'm like yeah that happens once every blue moon but I just assume if it's canceled it's canceled Because people are like, we're looking for a new home for our show. I'm like, you're not going to find one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, in a very rare case, things will get picked up. Like, I'll top my head. I can't think of anything. I know, like, Arrested Development, this is one of the Netflix cases. So it got canceled, I think, after four seasons in 2006. And then in, like, 2017 or something like that, it got picked up again by Netflix. I mean, so many years later, more than a decade later, it got picked up again. Um, I think that's an especially rare case. Um, but usually if cable, like if na- network shows got canceled, it's more than likely that another network will pick it up. But then you have to get into this whole like contract dispute. I mean, that's a whole nother thing going from one network to another because all of these people are competing to- with one another. I just think we should be in charge of which shows go where and, like, how they're categorized. Honestly, we've said it before. You can just tell the difference between, like, a CW show and a Freeform show and an AMC show. Like, you can just tell, like, the vibe. I think with shows like these where, like, let's say the producers are looking at the show and they're like, okay, we are not getting good viewership. We aren't, but the ratings are okay. But we do have some fans that particularly like the show. Maybe at this point we leave it up to fans put a poll out there. I'm not saying this for like every show where it's like, should we do a new season? No, don't worry. But like shows that are kind of like in between. Like let people have a say. Speaking of producing, you know who produced this series? 
I didn't know. I didn't look into Harvey Weinstein. Oh yeah, I did see that. Who also produced the social network. Definitely. Um whenever you see Harvey Weinstein, just remember that was a different time. He yes, was he still did. awful, but it was a different time. He was always awful, but th- this was when we were not aware that he was awful. But this was, like, getting near it. This was 2017. Mm-hmm. So, um, honestly, if you watch a movie or TV show from bef- any time before that, more than likely Harvey Weinstein produced it. He produced most everything. So... You can't really avoid him in those aspects, but I remember when I was watching and I saw executive producer Harvey Weinstein, I was like, oh, I was like, let's quickly hit the 10 seconds, speed it up. Like, bye. It's like like him and Kevin Spacey. I just can't like, oh, I can't think about it. I can't either. It makes me upset that, like, I, like, okay, at least with Harvey, it's a producer, so it's like you don't see him or whatever, (laughs) but Kevin... There are, like, things I feel, like, I just feel like I can't watch them. Like, I started House of Cards right before his scandal came out, and then, like, I just, like, couldn't continue. I mean, I remember I was watching this Christmas movie. It was, like, one of the Santa Claus movies. And I was watching it with my dad, and then Kevin Spacey just, like, comes on. And I was like, this used to be, like, a movie I used to love during the Christmas time, and now I feel like I hate it because I'm watching this man. At, um baby driver with literally almost the entire Mm -hmm. cast i was like i saw this movie twice in theater i own the movie and there Mm -hmm. it is sitting on the shelf collecting dust okay let's get into the juicy oozy um (laughs) background of this show so we're in a tiny little town i think it's called bridgeville and it's in maine because that's where stephen king sets every single story ever it's um, it's because he's from Maine, so mm-hmm. obviously it's- he said, "I love me some Bancor." <laughs> but it's you know it's typical small town energy. We have our family, our mama Miss Eve, our daddy Kevin, not Spacey but Copeland, and our daughter Alex, and they're just you know a family with issues behind the scenes. Can I just say that it took me until probably episode nine to actually learn all of their names? I kept forgetting the daughter's name. Like, I had Eve and Kevin, but whenever she would come up, I'd be like, what's her name again? Mine, I think it was all of them, especially Kevin. I think it's because they never said their names. They never addressed them by their names for a long time. They, and I was just like, I, every time I talked to you about I would say, okay, so dad and mom, and then um, Alex. So, like, Alex, I could just remember <laughs> but also we called Alex. Um, this is no offense to the woman who plays Alex. I think her name is Gus Bernie. Look, Gus Bernie, um, you were addressed as Bird Girl <laughs> in our conversations. It's <sighs> she just gives me bird energy, not in like a bad way. It's just like she's so tiny not like tiny like in a bat like you know what I mean yeah she's a very beautiful girl yes it's just like you're I will say her acting just like on the level just really um 
it, it made my blood boil a little. It 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 it's. Ugh, I said I it was even... like Clark from the One Hundred season one energy at times. Like it was just kind of like over the top. But she would do this thing with like her shoulders, where she would roll them in and try to look as small as humanly possible, and it just gave me bird energy. It gives me like, this is my big role. This is my big moment. I need to do. It gives me like Emma Watson in the first two Harry Potter movies where it's like this is her first role she's doing so much with it I'm like girl we need to tone it down a little bit like tone it back stretch those shoulders back let's um and then her eyebrows I was like, again this is where Clark comes in I didn't like, notice the eyebrows I will say that the furrow of the eyebrows they just um, and I will say, I love a good eyebrow. Amelia Clark, she is the queen of making those eyebrows move. Those eyebrows are part of her acting experience. It's just like, I think it's Alex's character in general. She's just always written off as this victim. And yes, she is a victim. And I will say that. But that's like her only character trait. Which, you know, that goes into the whole, like, how women are portrayed in this TV show. We'll probably, if you want to get into that later, we can. But that's kind of how it's gotten into I just thought that their family dynamic like the okay the whole thing is you know mommy and daddy and Alex are like let's go to this school sanctioned sporting event so she can oogle her crushy washy kissy kissy uh and you know mommy she's an English teacher at the school and she is under fire because she's talking about sex (gasps) not in our abstinence only community no yeah, she teaches them how to use a condom, or at least shows them a condom, and she's gotten a lot of controversy for it, so she gets fired um, because a lot of the parents complained about it, and also she kind of has a reputation because she grew up there, and this is a small town, so obviously people talk. I mean, it's one of those cliches in small town movies and TV shows. Um, I mean, I swear, this is the quote that everybody uses in all these movies it's a small town people talk people do they were talking about her past they were saying that she was a floozy a jezebel they said she just got around a lot which we're not here to shame anyone because anyone can do whatever they want but the conflict comes into play because it's like oh my god she was pregnant with alex um before she met kevin and that's the big reveal of (gasps) Kevin is not her father. It is instead the town sheriff. Wow, we're really just getting into it. Um, I will say there are a lot of twists in the show, and we'll probably get into the other one later on, which I called from the beginning. It was so obvious that, I mean, I, I, I can see where they were trying to hide it, but it was just pretty obvious. But this one, I will say, I was really shocked. You told me there was going to be another big twist, and I was really waiting for it. And at first, I thought it was like, oh, the chief sacrifices his son for this whole cultish thing. But I was like, ah, I don't know. Like, I kind of saw that coming, too. And then it was, I was like, whoa. Because we knew that Kevin wasn't the father. But I didn't really think, like, it would be an issue that... Like, we needed to find out her real dad. I really liked how they did that. I I really do. I, I mean, it's revealed very early on that Kevin is not Alex's biological father. And him and Eve have 
this deal where it's like Kevin is like, you know, it's fine that she is not biologically related to me, but I don't want to tell her because I want her to be a daddy's girl and I want her to just love me forever. And I'm really glad the show didn't do the trope where it's like Eve keep like keeps it a secret from Kevin, like pretending that it's Kevin's kid because I think that's so overdone because it creates a conflict between the mom and the dad. And it's just like, uh, do we really need that? So I really like how it was done here. What I didn't like was the favoritism in parenting. And I just thought Eve, I had a very love-hate relationship with her because I felt bad when people would talk down to her, like, like Kevin's brother or just anyone in that town that had something to say. But Eve, like, as a character, I just, I'm like, you're a teacher who should have some form of, like, communication skills but your communication is so poor yeah I think okay so Eve again like like you said I have a very complicated like I just always had a complicated reaction to her because I feel like she just overdoes things so many and then she reacts so strongly to things like I remember the first time I was kind of just with her like I had this gross reaction is when um Alex asked to go to a party and she asked both her parents and like Kevin is like yeah why not and Eve is like no there are just certain things that like I do to protect you I, I do this to protect you and so Alex runs off and then the parents get into a fight and Eve is like do you know what it's like to be the one that says no for 17 years. Do you know what it's like to watch her favor you? And I was like, okay, we, we can't do it. No, let, let's not do this. It's let, annoying. Let, like, yeah, kids have, I'm not even going to lie. Like, usually kids have a parent that they're closer with. Like, it just, mm-hmm. that's just how it is. But with her and being, like, putting all this blame on Kevin, I'm like, she likes Kevin because he's more understanding. You shut everything down before it even gets to it because she's scared that her daughter will be labeled as, like, fast and easy like she was. And I'm like, yeah, but her, your daughter is not you. Yeah, I just, I understand her concerns. I just think it's her execution that leaves something to to be desired. It's just, <laughs> I, I, and then the... And then when Eve blames Kevin for what happened at to Alex at the party. So basically the whole thing that kind of starts this entire series is that Alex wakes up and she realizes she's been raped. Like she's sitting in a pool of blood. She was unconscious. She was drunk. And she can just feel it happened to her. And Adrian tells her like, oh, Jay did this to you. Adrian, by the way, is her best, best friend. friend. And we'll leave it at that until further, um, until the further conversation. Um, and Eve just like blames Kevin for it. She's like, "This is your fault. You shouldn't have let her gone." And Kevin's like, "Well, how? We weren't. We wouldn't know this would have happened to her." And Eve says, "I would have known." It's just, it's a very complicated situation. Mm-hmm. It is. But I also, but Kevin is not at fault here. Honestly, we shouldn't be pointing blame at, like, Kevin or anybody in that instance except for the rapist. Agree. Because, yeah. Agree. Because 
we shouldn't like it's the same deal with like blaming women for these instances or the victims and um there's just the victims or family of the victims who are not at blame shouldn't be blamed no one could have predicted that something like that would have happened at this you know high school house party it's kind of like if you were crossing the street and it was the go sign you wouldn't predict that a car would hit you like yeah it could happen but like the likelihood of it happening is not huge so it's the same kind of thing like the only thing you could blame kevin for is going behind eve's back and saying actually you can go like i feel like that's something they both needed to reach an agreement on but eve she's just pulling typical parent where she's like I've lived through things, I have experience, and I'm trying to protect you from literally everything, which I get that's a parent's job to, you know, protect their children from harmful things in the world, but at the same time, you have to let your kids live and make their own choices to a degree, and, you know, make their own mistakes, not saying that her getting raped was, like, her fault or a mistake or anything, but, like, you know what I'm saying, like, you have to let your kids live. Um... I just think her, I think Eve and Kevin have poor communication skills, and that is played through this entire series. I mean, Eve even says, like, in the mall, which is one of the groups, she's part of the mall group, she even admits to one of the moms, and they're, like, little mom, like, support. It's, like, it's such a mom support group, even though I don't even know if all of them are moms, but she's like, you know what? I'm glad Kevin's not here. And that was kind of like an ooze thing to say because in this life and death survivalist situation, she's over here saying like, I'm glad Kevin isn't here because he would be, what was the whole reason like Alex would favor Kevin or something like that? I'm like, in this situation where it could be possible that your husband is probably dead. Like you're saying, I'm glad he's not here. I was like, girl... I get that you really don't like him, but we can't be going that far. Like, you would think that there would be some level of concern there, but she's like, oh my god, no, we finally have time for mommy-daughter hangouts, like. Yeah, I just, the whole, okay, so in the mall, they make these set of rules to, like, you know, keep this um, as civil as possible. Obviously, that does not work out. When does this ever work out? The society, but but briefly. Yeah. But one of the rules was to not, you know, steal things from uh, the stores unless it's, like, for, like, food or water. And what do Eve and Alex go do when they start forming their own little group? They start shopping at Forever 21 and all these other places. I'm like, guys maybe this is why people don't like you because you're going and like stealing things like if the possibility that this thing just flows over you know you're gonna have to pay for that stuff they're already kind of like the black sheeps of the mall group anyway because the town has figured out about alex being raped at this party and people are kind of divided they're like oh well did jay do it did he not do it because he was taken into custody like at school so it was a public thing the police showed up and were like we're taking you to the station your daddy's waiting to talk with you boy and then some people are like alex is lying 
And I understood, like, establishing rules so things didn't get crazy. But, like, if you endanger the group, you get released into the mist. I get it. But I didn't... the looting, I'm like, who cares? Like, you're in a life and death situation. Like, why do people have to wear the same clothes every single day? Mm. I, I think it was, like, just... Maybe it was just to keep, like, a little hope alive that things will blow over. So, like, things will go back to normal and stuff like that. I will say, the whole throwing people out into the mist, I was not, like, a big fan of. I'm like, okay, y'all got these stores with, you know, you know when stores close in the mall? The bars. The, the bars. I'm like, why didn't you just, like, lock them up or something? Just keep them, like, in a little jail cell. I think it was harsh, but I think fear-mongering, I think, like, it created enough of, like, ooh, scary to keep yeah. people in line. But when Alex and Eve and the mom support group and everyone else that branches off from the original group do their own thing, they're just like, well, the rules don't apply to me anymore. Yeah, I think that's what annoyed me the most. It wasn't, like, necessarily, like, the looting part. It was just, like, the fact that they were looting. Like, that was their main... I was like... Like, there are more pressing matters to attend to. And I get that it was, like, a distraction. But, you know, people are blaming you for murder. People don't necessarily like you. You're about to starve. Maybe we should, like, figure some things out. And we looted the ugliest outfits that we could possibly loot. Mm. Like, look, can we talk about the fashion on the show for a minute? Like, I just need to go off. So, I understood what they were trying to do. And we talked about this. Like, they were trying to do, like, a timeless thing where it's not, you know, too trendy. Even though I would say that whatever Alex was wearing at any point in time was not correct. Also, Adrian, But she got this cropped yellow leather jacket with a cropped gray hoodie underneath and a long floral tank top with these low-rise distressed jeans and these weird patterned Doc Martens. There was just a lot going on. I described it, you described it as a Forever 21 and that is so Forever 21, but also I think it's such like a Gap thing. I think everybody in the show came straight out of a Gap catalog. Or um, Old Navy. Old Navy Gap. I always, like, interchange the two of them. It's just, like, we're trying to be cool, but also we're trying to be comfy. And the mom, she is the biggest example of that. Those flare bootcut jeans. The converse with the flare bootcut jeans really triggered something in me. The chambray shirt. She looked like if america was advertised in like another country and they're like this is what america looks like it would be that that Mm -hmm. outfit um but apparently the actress that plays eve is australian um which i noticed because sometimes when she would say words i'm like that she's not american and then harrison gilbertson who plays jay is also australian so it's one of those kind of shows which the society did that too yeah um i have to look up some character names because I'm starting to forget some of them. But we should move on to, like, the um, the dad group, is as we call it. All right. So Big Papa Kevin, he is the leader. He is large and in charge. He's at this police station when everything with the mist starts going down. 
And he's like, we have to evacuate. So he takes the police station's two prisoners, a woman named Mia going through drug withdrawals, and a soldier in quotation marks who doesn't remember who he is, how he got here. His story is not adding up. And he's like, let's go. Yeah, but his um, he thinks his name is Brian because he wakes up in this uniform with Brian Hunt on it. Um, also, I think I said this to you yesterday, but um, the guy who plays Jay, his name is actually Luke Cosgrove. <gasps> no, I thought it was Harrison yeah. Gilberton. No, because I kept thinking it was weird because I was like looking at the cast and I was like, I don't know who this Harrison guy is. So I looked him up and then the miss wasn't on there, and it, but it's Luke Cosgrove. Wow, he's still Australian. I swear he's not. He American. is. He he is Australian. Maybe I get those two mixed up. Anyway, they do. They do kind of look alike. I will say that. Yeah, but the dad group continue. And then there's Adrian, Alex's BFF, Mister Hot Topic himself, Mister Six 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 Shirt. Lord forgive me for my sins. He was the goth kid for a good six episodes i just wanted to give him that neutrogena makeup wipe so bad because that eyeliner over the course of the episodes was really starting to grate on me a little bit Mm -hmm. it Um, it was getting all dried up and it was that i've stayed out late went to sleep with everything on type of look they're all traveling together and they manage to you know find a car and kind of bounce from place to place. They first bounce to the church. And the church is its own group. And they kind of stay stagnant for a long time. They don't really go anywhere. The church is yeah. the worst group. The church is by far the worst group. I think when um, the dad group was at the church group. I think that was like the least intriguing storyline. Um, it was. I think the church group is just the weirdest. And it's the most out there. And while I am. I'm usually for like the most out there. Like, we're kind of forming a cult type of thing. Very religious symbolism. I'm usually all for that. But in this instance where the other two groups are very down to earth and grounded, I just didn't... I don't think it worked as well. Uh, but I thought it was just I, boring and there were no resources. Yeah, and maybe... I think it works with, like, the actual mist mystery itself. Because it seems like nobody else is concerned with what the mist is but the church group. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, but, like, it was still boring. Because the church group is just um, Father Romanov, who, you know, is, like, a preacher, pastor, whatever. And then one of his altar boys, who, he apparently had some type of, like, crazy past. But I didn't fully understand, like, what they were hinting at with that. I, they were hinting at a lot of things in the show, and I just, they just kind of went over my head. There's um, true baby daddy, sheriff, a.k.a. Jay's dad, some random, like, churchgoers, and then Natalie, who's played by Frances Conroy, who I love and adore from Six Feet Mm -hmm. Under and American Horror Story. She plays Natalie. She's this, like, hippy-dippy woman who lost her husband at the start of The Mist, like, when things started getting kooky and the animals started going crazy. It was so sad. Yeah, it broke my heart a little. I hate seeing, like, elderly couples who are, like, in love and then they're broken apart by death. And, oh, it's so sad. So She has she's, such a calm attitude about it, though. Yeah, she – but she's so, like, broken up about it. It's so obvious. And she almost, like, commits suicide at one point by just going out to miss. But 
this whole, I think his death really brings something out into in her thinking. Okay, her whole storyline, I think, confuses me the most. Because at times I was like, okay, I think I know what they're getting at. But I think I don't. So she, okay, the church group's theme, it's very much nature versus religion. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So she believes she is like a messenger, a speaker for Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Whereas Father Romanoff is the speaker messenger for God. So there's this whole dynamic with that. You know, there it's her versus him. And it's really and, argumentative. Yeah. It's it's a lot of spiritual a lot of spiritual elements going around. Um faith versus I don't want to say reason because the whole nature thing, it's not, I, f- I think reason goes with like science more and like science kind of does go into this, but when you've got this whole mist that's killing people out of nowhere, people are turning to moth. I don't know. I don't know if there, how much reason's in there. Um, I think it's but, like God and prayer versus like natural occurrences and patterns mm-hmm. because she, like, as we said before, she's like hippy dippy. She literally says when she's talking about her husband and losing him, we were hippies and we were happy about that. And my personal favorite line from that speech, our favorite thing was making spaghetti together and drinking cheap wine because it gave yeah. me big celery and rose energy um, at Whole Foods. But. <laughs> She starts doing all this research to figure out why is this happening, and she learns that, oh my god, something similar happened in 1860, something called the Black Spring, and it was after this man, Mikhail, had raped this woman in the town that something similar happened. So she believes, well, if we take the poison or, like, whatever is infecting the environment out, then things will clear up. So she's like, if we take Jay, this person who has infected in quotation marks alex the mist should clear up in her argument there's still a lot of sin involved mm-hmm. because jay is the sinner and it's almost as if like we need to take out the ultimate sinner who has preyed on the innocent we need to take him out to replenish the earth to make it better again and she convinces the chief who was jay's father um surprisingly easy because he feels super guilty i think because he lost um his wife when jay was a baby because she mentions like you raised the baby all by yourself he believes that jay did it and he feels super guilty about it he breaks down because he thinks he's like such a horrible father like how could he create such a monster so he agrees to sacrifice jay and they eventually do which is i think was one of the saddest scenes in the series because at this point we figure out that jay is in fact not the rapist that and like just seeing his dad break down after doing what he thought was right back to the church for a second father romanov is like very pressury about prayer and the sheriff talks about like when his wife died he's like yeah he made me feel guilty for not being like fully invested in religion in the church and he thinks like well if I can save my son, it's going to fulfill this hole in me of not being able to save my wife. Yeah, it's just, again, that small town preacher, like, trope, where everything is affected by prayer and God and stuff like that. And he manipulates the altar boy to, like, kill Natalie or attempt to kill Natalie. But that queen said, no, 
I'm going to let the mist take you for this one. Because at this point, she fully believes that only sinners will die. Only people who have done something to destroy the earth will die. Because she didn't die by the mist. I think the only reason is because, like, she just got lucky. <laughs> I, I think so, too. Because I don't believe the whole, like, oh, I'm a messenger for Mother Nature. Yeah, I think she just got lucky. And she needed something to hope for just to keep her alive and I think this was it what else happened at the church group again I'm father Romanov and Natalie have their standoff he is killed by what appears to be like the four horsemen Mm -hmm. from the bible um he's killed off because it's like a duel of like oh whoever's right is the new leader of the church group and Natalie decides when she survives We are going to trek to the mall. We're going to find Jay and we're going to put an end to this. And some people, they just decide, like, we're staying at the church. We're not really about this plan. Um, But the sheriff is. And then this other, like, married couple follow them. But they don't end up making it. And Natalie's like, oh, well. So this is where I started to think, like, things were getting a little crazy and also, like, out of character a little bit. Is when she just set the church on fire with those other people in it and I'm like this is starting to turn into a cult what she's doing is not any better than what father Romanoff was doing yeah so like those people that stayed who were completely innocent by the way they didn't do anything wrong they were just trying to survive um she set the church on fire letting them die and then the married couple ends up dying too and the chief is like stab 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 bye bye let the rats eat you. I was like, okay, we're really determined. Hmm. We are really determined here, aren't we? I just thought it was so crazy how he was so down to just follow her. I found it. I think this is the part of the show where I was like, eh, I don't really believe this that much because I don't think we've gotten enough character development for him to where it's believable that he could follow her. It's just like blind faith. It seemed like he talked to her once about his wife and his son. And then they were just like, okay, we'll let him blindly follow her. I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, what's the reasoning? Like, I get feeling lost when you're all alone. And you don't know where your kid is. And you're like, is he alive? Is he dead? I don't have my wife. If I lose my kid, I really don't have anything. Um, but just to be like, yeah, let me follow crazy old lady. Cause at first I was kind of on her side with like the spider thing or whatever. When father Romanov like squished yeah. it into the ground. But when she started acting a little mid summary, I was like, okay. Yeah. It was getting a little crazy. I think the church group kind of like ends there, but the dad group, we still got more to get through. There's just so much going on. I mean, so much. And these are such great characters. I mean, they're probably the best in the entire show. The most interesting. Yeah, the most interesting. So they actually end up at a hospital. The hospital, this is where things for me start getting a little iffy. I was like, oh. Why is there a Dr. Bailey? I feel like (laughs) if you're going to be a doctor in television these days, like names like Bailey, Shepard, all of that are off limits. Yeah. I think the main storyline I wanted to get through was like the whole testing thing. Like I need to perform the test to see what the mist really is. And... I thought this was just so out of nowhere and I was so not for it. I was like, we're just doing this to create conflict and to create this suspense. Like, is Kevin going to die? Which obviously he's not going to. I'm like, guys, we could have done something better with this. 
I think that was a big complaint for people on Reddit. They were saying, like, because of, like, the network it's on and the budget and everything, they're like, all of the missed creatures are just humans because they don't have the budget to create, like, all these CGI monsters and stuff, which I guess is how the book is. I don't know. But the hospital, we get a lot of our, like, plot issues in the hospital. I was so ready to get out of that hospital for so long, but... Do you want to go through, like, what's coming to your mind? Okay, um, so conflict number one, Kevin runs into his brother, who has been, you know, stabbed with this metal piping or whatever, and he's like, oh, it was these kids that I used to pick on, they came at me, uh, in the mist, and they have a really turbulent relationship because his brother is just Mr. Macho Man, like, let me use feminine vocabulary to put down men because ooh girls suck uh but what really drove me nuts was he expressed genuine concern for his niece like being raped at this party he's like oh I hope she's okay she's such a good kid and then follows it up by calling like calling Kevin out for being a p-word slur or having a b-word genitalia I'm like who cares hmm and he's just mad because Eve chose Kevin over him. Like, move on. Yeah. Um, I kind of forgot about him, to be honest. That was, like, one part. It was just... There was just so much going on in the hospital. I could not remember what to... We have Adrian's love story. I could complain so much about this. Okay, here's the breakdown. It's just another Monty situation. It really is. It's not Adrian who's Monty. It's his lover. It's the bully. He picks on... Uh, Adrian calls him an F word and then Adrian's like I'm going to kiss you and then he punches him because he needs to show his masculinity Um, and then they kiss again they apparently have sex or at least that's what Adrian says and I'm like I thought y'all just kissed and I'm like you can't just keep going around raping people and kissing people with no consent that's not okay we also need to say that Adrian was a guy Oh, I'm so sorry. It, it was really obvious in the yeah. first episode, him and Alex are having this conversation about sexuality, and Alex is like, yeah, just because you're gay, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I'm not gay. It's all about personality. So, like, we think that he identifies as, like, pansexual, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and that just kind of opens the door of, like, oh, yeah, it could be Adrian. Why would it be Jay? That doesn't make any sense. The only reason why she believes it's Jay is because Adrian said it. So, like, mm-hmm. immediately when she said that, I was like, oh, it's Adrian. Yeah, 100%. You can't just take Adrian's word. She was like, well, I saw Jay take you upstairs. And? It was so Adrian. And it's just because he he has a hard home life. He His father doesn't love him because of his sexuality. His mother is abused by his father, so she... I don't know. He has a complicated relationship with his mother because they obviously love each other, but she doesn't want to get hurt. So she's just trying to abide by his father's rules. So he finds a a family within the Copelands. He does what he does to Alex because he believes that, I don't know, we don't have to even explain his mentally ill rapist mindset because, like, I don't get it either. I'm like, you don't rape your family. You don't rape anyone. He did say that it was because he didn't want Jay to be the one. And I was like, 
still not a good reason. That's, like, not a reason at all. Yeah. And that's without him having the knowledge of Alex and Jay's connection at all. Like, their familial bond. He's a very manipulative person. He can lie very easily. When he admits it to Kevin, he tries to kill Kevin. Then he goes to the group and lies, saying, like, Oh, my dad killed Kevin. And he's, like, I'm a pretty good actor, that little... (laughs) Oh, kid. Uh, this ties into my theory about, like, what the mist is, right? I think the mist has to deal with regret. Um, so when Adrian goes back to his home to see, you know, what the deal is with his family, his mother is dead, and his dad explains to him, you know, she went outside when this first started, and these birds just started attacking her. And birds are symbolism for what? Freedom. Mm. She regrets not, like, being free from her controlling abusive husband and not being more supportive of her child and his freedom of like self-expression and the dad is like you know your mom didn't have an issue with your sexuality she had an issue with the fact that you're literally a crazy town and the dad is like I could have been somewhat okay with the sexuality if you weren't like this but I've never loved you which I thought that was so weird because I know some people's like relationships with their family is you know messed up but for a parent to say I've never loved you like even if like your child is like little you know what I mean you can be like Mm -hmm. oh my infant straight out of the womb that doesn't even have a personality yet I don't love you like that doesn't make sense to me he just he wants to find the family, but he just goes the wrong way. Try being in one. But one, two people we haven't really hit on, and I guess we'll have to get through them pretty quickly, unfortunately, is Brian, who is revealed to be Jonah um, and Mia. So they have a little, they got a little lovey-dovey relationship going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it. Sometimes they're very neglected in the show, I would say. Lots of untimely sex. I thought they were really interesting characters, but they didn't do very much with them. Like, Mia, she had her moment with seeing her mom in the mist and everything. I thought, I think, I wish they would have done more with her character because I think her scenes with, like, going to her house and seeing her mom was very, like, out of place. And I was, like, very bored at that moment, but also I thought this could have been so much more interesting if we just got more time with her. Um, and season two would have been Brian slash yeah. Jonah's season. Yeah, so in the hospital, we we meet the real Brian. We meet him. Um, he, so he was, like, he was beat up by Jonah, before Jonah's mind was warped or something. He lost all his memories. It gives me, like, big Winter Soldier vibes where, like, certain words kind of put him in this trance type of thing where, like, it, like, distracts him from the pain and there's this whole, like, brainwash. It seems like a very brainwashing technique, I think, is what's going on. It's very The Mountain Men, The 100. It's like these electric electric shock therapy yeah they're doing these experiments but he's also like i don't know military terms i'm sorry but like the captain or whatever it seems like he's been brainwashed in some way and he lost all his memories ran away he he did something violent he was like beating people up i think this is what i wanted to know more of so there's this base like arrowhead 
and there's some kids at the mall and they're kind of keeping to themselves apparently they're soldiers from arrowhead two of them commit suicide because they supposedly know what's going on and they're gonna have to spill the beans at some point and i'm like okay why is it so important to keep what the mist is that they feel like they have to kill themselves to keep the information with them i think it's like military sanctioned so brian and like obviously he's being experimented on with the words and the electric shock therapy I feel like they were training him to be, like, a weapon, almost, mm-hmm. but he escaped before, like, they could fully complete what it is they're trying to do, and then the mist is some kind of, I don't know if it's, like, U.S. government created it, or, like, maybe a foreign nation created it, and it's, like, the threat, I don't know. We see, this is, like, the very last scene, so, like, the family and some pe- and a few others, They're trying to get away from the town. They're trying to say, like, it can't be everywhere. But a train is coming, and they're like, the train could save us. But turns out, it looks like military is on the train, but also prisoners. And they're feed, and as Kevin says, they're feeding the mist. Like, they're Mm -hmm. sacrificing all the prisoners. But why? Is it because, like... that scene was scary. It was scary. And my thing was, was, like, well, do they think the prisoners are, like, a waste of space? Do they need the prison, like... For some reason, like, do they need to keep people there? Um, is, to them, are prisoners, like, waste of resources? They're going to have to keep feeding them in some way? Or are they experiments to see what the mist does? I feel like it could be a combination of experiments. Because, like, I'm I'm not saying this, but I'm just, like, viewing it through, like, the mindset of the people yeah. in charge. Like, prisoners are um, disposable, you know? Like, oh, whatever, put them out there. Isn't that, like, what High Life, that movie with Robert Pattinson, don't they, mm-hmm. weren't they prisoners and they were sent up to space? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, they're kind of the bottom of the food chain of, like, the human pyramid or whatever. Like, send them out. It's kind of, like, the whole thing is like, oh, you want to be useful? Okay, we're, you're going to be an experiment. You're going to be a guinea pig for us. Exactly. It's like, you know, that way we don't have to use resources. Keep in mind, all of this, like, all of this story has played out for season one in the course of five days. Oh, yeah. They act like it's been a freaking month. Everyone's like, I'm starving. I'm like, y'all. I doubt they ration that good they probably no they i mean just look at like okay just remember back to the church their first meal there and obviously they think this is just a regular fog so it probably is gonna blow over but like the meals they were having i was like guys we need to keep some rationing up in here everyone had a bottle of communion wine everyone Mm -hmm. so i guess like i'll get into my theories on the miss again this is not like definite it kind of like goes against some character dust or whatever because i i just don't know if the show didn't know what the mist was or they did have an idea they just couldn't get into it until like season two but i think like sometimes with the mist it worked off of like your will to live so remember when alex and the little girl they were like in the bookstore they were being attacked well alex is like she she is free to go like she's confronted by the mist but they don't take her and that becomes a huge conflict but the little girl dies and i think it's like their whole will to live thing because i don't think alex had like a alex just stood there looking at like ready to die and they're just like you know what no Mm -mm." but the little girl she had a will to live she wanted to survive so they had to take her 
I had a different theory for that scene. Oh, okay. So, like, okay, this also kind of goes with, like, regret, I guess. I don't know. So, like, Alex and the little girl, they're in there, and it takes the little girl. And I thought the little girl was supposed to, like, symbolize, you know, innocence or whatever. And, like, Alex obviously lost her. She was raped at a party. Let's snatch up what's innocent and then give this girl this complex of, like, why didn't it pick me, choose me, love me? If the theory of the Black Spring is true. But, like, because Alex is the girl in this situation, is that, like, why she was spared? That's what Spared. But then, and this kind of goes into, like, the whole willing to survive thing. When she's running away, when they get kicked out of the mall, I mean, she almost dies there. But Mm -hmm. she has a will to live. So, I don't really know. I wish I had the answer, because this whole thing is, like, so bugging me. Of, like, I don't know for sure why some people were taken certain ways. I don't know what the mist is, definitely. And I will never, I will never, you know, accept the fact that this is going to be one season. I will forever just wish that we get a, at least, like, the showrunners just, like, answer somebody on Reddit saying, like, oh, this is what it means. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure we could reference reddit threads about the book and the movie yeah to figure out what it's like supposed to be about but i don't know how much the show deviated from like the source material that's my thing i'm like with already having a movie and a book like you'd think they would try to do something different i just think it has to do with like regret and unresolved issues because like i think about natalie and when kevin backed the car into the mall and like released all the mist and natalie sees her husband and like you know a lot of people are running around their eyes are bleeding they're like it's traumatizing but natalie like she calmly sees her husband and he's carrying her child who i'm assume like you know was like stillbirth or something um brings the child over and she just begins to like breastfeed the child the child is like sucking the life out of her Yeah, and my only issue with the scene is maybe I just, like, missed something, but they never stated, like, unless I missed her talking about her having, like, a miscarriage or a stillbirth at some point, it was just, like, why is this baby here? Like, automatically, I was like, oh, she probably lost a baby at some point in her life, but that could have been confusing for other people if I'm like, maybe it's regret of not being a mother. Maybe. I don't know. Because she's really concerned about the sheriff and his wife not being in the picture and Jay being raised and all this stuff. Yeah, and I also wanted to... Because the chief ends up, like, living. He goes with uh, the group who survives. With the daddy group. Yeah, with the daddy group. But he is obviously distraught about his son. And then when she re- when Alex reveals, like, oh, Jay was innocent, I'm like, oh. That has to be, like, the worst feeling in the world. Because the only reason he sacrificed his son is because he thought he was the reason for all this. Thought he could be the key to fixing everything. And he wasn't. So he, like, I wanted to see him in season two, like, dealing with all that guilt. And also, like, I wanted to see, like, the whole, like, what happened with Adrian? Did I miss something at the end? Like, where did Adrian go? Okay, so, for a second with the sheriff thing really quick okay like not only did he have to see his son die trying to save alex and then learn that 
Alex was his daughter this whole time because he didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He like lost a child, gained a new one. I would have loved to see in season two like the interaction between Alex, Kevin, Eve, and the sheriff because Alex, you know, it is two dads and one daughter. Mm. It is the daddy that's been there the whole time. And the biological daddy who was there during the creation. During the, uh, harder scene. And then, Adrian. So, Adrian, I don't know if you saw it, but in the back of the, like, military car with Brian and that soldier guy from the mall, Adrian was in the trunk. He hitched a ride. I have no idea how he caught up with them because he was in that paint room and there was fire everywhere. I didn't notice that. Like, I, that ending was so chaotic. It was, I didn't, because I kept trying to figure out, like, where is Adrian? He's not going to die here because, like, obviously they can't just make him die without any, like, like, conflict with any other character. He was in the trunk. (sighs) See, again, I'm like, such interesting storylines. I think this is going to, this honestly kind of bugs me more than the society. Just a little, because like so many mysteries unsolved. The society, I'm like, I felt like we could predict kind of what was going to happen next. But with this, I have no idea. And I think this show just needed a season to establish a lot of things. And I feel like season two would have really popped off. Season two would have been like, okay, what is the mist? Because at this point, we've already figured out, like, people are going crazy. Like, this thing isn't going away. Okay, that's out of the way. Now, what is the mist? How can we stop it? What's going on with Brian? What's going on with this group? Yeah, because obviously the military has something to do with it. And everyone from the church is dead. So, like, we don't have to live through the church storyline anymore. We don't have to go through any more cults. What do you think happened to Baseball Boat Shoes Boy? Baseball Boat Shoes Boy? Am I missing something? Yeah. Who, like, Adrian's like, I've never held a boy's hand before. Oh, um, so he stayed in the hospital in the psych ward. He would have starved to death. Let's be honest. I mean, because if you, I mean, he could have survived, but the chances of him catching up to our group, little to none. I think he had just given up. Like, he was kind of like, I don't want to deal with this crazy, crazy town anymore. I just thought that whole, that whole thing just like enraged me i'm like did they have sex because adrian says so but like we all know that he's not the most reliable person in the world and then mia makes the joke she's like next time know your safe word because he's all beat up because you know homophobia internalized oh my god and she's like my safe word is dolphin and then they get in the car and jesse eisenberg lookalike vic is like i love your dolphin bracelet and i'm like what does dolphins have to do with anything i'm so confused the references of it all. Like, out of every symbolism of the world, you use dolphin? Like, what does that even mean? I don't think he... I don't think Baseball Boat Shoes Boy... I think his name was Tyler. I don't think he actually was, like, into Adrian at all. I feel like it was just, like, a... I Discovery. need to let these repressed yeah. feelings out. Yeah, I think he just gave up on himself. Also, like, how lonely would that have been? To just... He was in that psych ward all by himself. I mean, I would be terrified. I could not be alone in a scenario no, like that. No, Ugh, that's just horrible. But anyways, again, very, I, I really like this season. It wasn't perfect, like we said before, but it really kept us at the edge of our seats. 
really made us think about everything. And I just, I'm, I'm emailing Spike. Spike, we, we need to have a conversation about this. I may be three years too late, but I think it's worth it. We need to bring what this back What is up. even on Spike as a Wait, network? I have no idea. And that's the Does problem. Does anyone work at Spike? <laughs> one person <laughs> works at Spike. It's just one person that replies to emails. She's like, uh, you know, yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to even look up, like, what, um, what is on Spike right now? Mm. I'm doing the exact same thing. Oh, did they change it? Is it now Paramount Network? (gasps) It's not even a thing anymore. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I see why. Bar Rescue. I've never heard of that. I've heard of Yellowstone. But... Apparently... This whole thing used to be called the Nashville Network from 1983 to 2000, and I feel included. A lip sync battle. Well, we know what that yeah. is. Two and a half men. Do they still make that shit? Is that like a. I have no idea. Or is it? It's probably still reruns. Like, I don't even. Wife Swap? What? That's on. That's my show. And then Ink Master? I've seen Ink Master. But, like, I've never watched any of these on Spike. No. And that's the problem. They need... This needed to be on, like, a better network. Or at least, like, some streaming service. Like, I think this could have been, like, a Hulu show. It's obviously could have been Netflix. But Netflix these days is just so unreliable. I don't know if it's Amazon Prime material. No... Um, you know, HBO could have picked it up. They do a lot of Stephen King stuff over there. HBO would have given us the sex scene confirmation. Mm -hmm. They would have let us know. Yeah. If this show, yeah, if this show was on HBO, this show would have been good. This would have been a really good show. Um, I don't, I think it would have been too good for us to, (laughs) for us to, um, review on here. It would have just been a show that was lost in our collection of audio messages if it was on HBO. Mm. I mean, neither of us would have seen it because we can't afford HBO. Yeah. But there we go. It would have just been something we read about in the threads. What would you give The Mist? Okay, so I think I'm going to give The Mist like a six. Six. Um, what am I trying to think? Six dolphins out of ten. Ooh, squeak, squeak. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it... Oh, so difficult. I would honestly give it a solid seven and a quarter bottles of communion wine at the Burnt Down Church out of ten. Mm. So we're, we're pretty, you know, pretty near each other. It's not perfect, but it's... I, th- I think it's pretty addicting. It was entertaining, and a lot of shows take us a long time to get through, but this one, like, I was done in, like, two days. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I got through, like, seven episodes in one day, because I didn't have anything to do, and I was like, I was texting you the entire time, like, this show is crazy. It's a jake. I feel like I have good taste for recommending shows that are not great, but, like, you do. Like, they're so good. (laughs) And I'm trying to, like, find shows that are similar to it in the aspect. They're pretty, like, easy to get through. I'm trying to watch Dark, but that is a German show, so I feel like I have to really pay attention to it. 
If you want a show that's like that, but in English, The Returned. The Returned. Um, which was a French series called uh, Le Revenant, which is like the, the Returned as well, but in French. Um, I prefer the French version, but the English one is not bad. They all have like the same title card. It looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> the same aesthetic. They said, let's make it gray. Let's make it smoky. Oh my gosh. It even says residents in a small town. Wow. It, it has to be a small town. You can't do like Chicago or something. Like- no, <laughs> it has to you be. You can't do New York. No, that's too much. The, the, the budget's too high if, it, if it's done in a big city. Imagine this kind of show in like L.A., they did, like, Fear the Walking Dead in L.A., and it was actually, like, pretty good. And then they were like, we're putting it on water. We're going to Mexico. Then we're going to Texas. And that's where I was like, okay. I like the... That's very CSI, like, Las Vegas, New York, Miami. Like, let's go everywhere. Let's do a road trip. World tour. Mm-hmm. You know where we should go? Where should we go? To the quiz. We shall. We are taking a quiz called Take This Quiz and we'll guess what you're addicted to. We know everything. By Max Fuller, a community contributor. Thank you, Max. Very common name and a dog. Also like, you know. That's a that's a dog name. Mm-hmm. Woof woof. What if it is the dog? It's dog with a bulldog. I support it. Um, what would it like? I was trying to think of like a dog related word that rhymed with buzz for like buzz. Um, I I can't think of <laughs> fuzz with a buzz. All right, choose a color. So we have really sexy satin red. We have um, food coloring in a bottle that fascinates children. Blue. Crispy poison ivy, or I really love architecture black onyx. That's like Arctic monkeys black right there. That's so not? on brand for me though. Um, I'm really digging. You know, I was gonna say the blue, but honestly, the red. I really like the satin red thing going on here. I'm gonna pick that one. You mean sexy saucy satin red? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess. At first, I was also going to pick red, but then when he made that Arctic Monkeys connection, I feel obligated. Um, So, in the name of Arabella, I'll choose that one. Cool. And then choose a season. This is so no-brainer material. Okay. First of all, we have Lonely Summer Beach Trip with the boys. Then we have Crispy Autumnal Mountain. I've said crispy twice. I need new adjectives. Uh, Brisk autumnal mountain. Then we have cuddly, cozy, wintertime cabin. Or pollen, get me the Zyrtec daffodil field. I like how the spring one was obviously like so boring because spring is such a boring uh, season, I feel like. No offense to spring lovers out there. Um, I know what you're going to pick, and I'm going to choose something differently just to, like, mix it up up in here. So I'm going to pick um, a very cozy winter because I think winter is my second favorite season. As the weekend said, I come alive in the fall time. None of us are surprised. What do you feel like doing right now? Analyzing poetry while taking a flat light Instagram photo. Writing a song for my lover. 
for my baby. Um, suffocating in the bed sheets. <laughs> Who sleeps like that? I am a stomach sleeper, but like my head is like crock, like just ooh, all the way but over. But your arms, your arms aren't doing that. Maybe she just got like bludgeoned to death, and they said, "Hey, babe, look casual." That's the- She's not sleeping. She's dying. She's dying right here. Girl, let me know if you're okay. Send us a message. Um, snap your fingers. Give a deep inhale. Do you ever look at people when they sleep? This is going to sound weird. Do you ever look at people when they sleep and make sure that they're breathing? Because I always get freaked out. I mean, if you ever become a mother, that's a very good skill to have. You know, put that mirror up against their nose and just see if it fogs up. I just, like, look to see if there's, like, chest rise, and I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Um, then we have LA Girl Workout Studio, something I could never do. I don't think I could ever be physical in front of a group of people. That's what I was about to say. Like, by myself, that's fine, but other people, no. Um, okay, I'm gonna be honest, the whole sleeping thing seems just like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be analyzing poetry. Or writing a song for my lover or any of... Just sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. You don't want to write a song for Luke? Ah, I'm hurt. Okay. (laughs) Ooh, what would I feel like doing right now? Okay, none of these are really something that I would pick, I feel like. But if I had to choose, I guess I will go with Instagram analyze poetry. Because I've been reading a lot lately. You gonna read that poetry? Mm-hmm. Roses are red, violets are blue. What are you craving? Some drippy, nasty, mate, potentially butter pecan, ice cream, and a cone. Um, oh, no. That's like some caramel in there. Is there caramel? Is it peanut Look butter? At, no. I think that's caramel. Look at that little streak right there. A I'm like putting my mouse over it. ribbon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? That was an example of me interrupting. I... It. I can't stop. I again. I did not notice. <laughs> then we have a very small portion of penne pasta with some some meaty sauce on it. Um, little craft beer action on the side. We have a burger, but it doesn't look like a burger. It looks, it looks like a fancy sloppy Joe. Does it not? I I mean I could like, see that. It also kind of looks like falafel almost, or like. Some kind of meat alternative. It's just very small. It has cabbage on it. I don't want that. that. I'm a child. Get those leaves off of it. Or we have Grandma's Chocolate Chip Cookie Care Package. Um, Okay, so I have to comment on this pasta. Why does the pasta itself look so dry? There's not enough sauce. Like, (laughs) like, look at that. It looks like, it doesn't even look like it's been cooked. It looks just dry. In their defense, it probably hasn't because, like, food photography or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. But at least make it look like it's been cooked. Ugh, there's so many options that I don't want. I know. I don't want any of this. I feel like one cookie wouldn't hurt, you know? I don't really want, like, pasta or this burger thing. I don't want ice cream. But, like, maybe... I'll take that half cookie right there. If I'm forced to eat something. I think the ice cream would be good if it was a different flavor. Um, If it didn't look like that, I would eat it. But the cookies, I agree. There's just something so enticing about a little late night cookie. Maybe I'll eat some of the paper 
with it. It'll be, you know, f- fiber. You can eat some of the basket. Mm, I can eat yummy. some of the napkin slash sheet underneath it. <laughs> What's your go-to drink? Absolute vodka. Because I'm absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> just straight vodka. Nothing else. No mixer. Um, is this beer? I don't know anything about alcohol. I think it's beer. It's like, it looks like a fancy beer, though. Because it's Again, in a I stein. Don't know anything about al- yeah. I don't know anything about alcohol, either. Because um, we're innocent. We're teetotalers. No, we're not. <laughs> I just don't drink. I don't know. I don't have a reason to. Then we have um, fancy girly cocktail hour. Or um, what? Like some type of like sunrise citrusy drink. Yeah. Just... It's something the girlies drink. At brunch. I love seeing the... I see these TikToks occasionally of these uh, millennial... I'm just saying, it is such a millennial thing to go get absolutely hammered at brunch. It's just ridiculous, to be honest. It's like before, having fun, drinking with my girls, eating brunch, um, my little eggs and stuff. And then the next clip is them like throwing up in the toilet i'm like dang like how are y'all getting that drunk at brunch i feel like i would be game if someone was like i'll drive you to and from and make sure you get home safely if i'm going all out all out i'm just like here um i was gonna say have a good time but honestly if i just want to cry if i just want to throw up the next day i'm going with this absolute vodka Ooh, the sponsor for drag race i am gonna go for um girly clink clink cheers drink because we don't have any moscow mules on here and we don't have any whiskey so i guess i'll go for that yeah what's your happy place i don't know if i have one um we have the shoreline where the water kisses the sand Mm, delicious we have some fantasy book valley where it's like we have to get over the mountain to get to our destination oh trek Uh, put on your timberlands everyone we have it's been such a hard day i can't wait to get home and lay in my bed with my overhead sconce light and write in my journal and drink wine or we have (laughs) that thing oh i was gonna say that thing is like definitely pointing in your face it's not looking at your it's like it's right on the pillow what is this i think it's adjustable it looks like it has a hinge on it (laughs) um and then we have caucasian home with like golf course elements i feel like does it not give you golf energy this definitely gives me like calabasas california you know i'm a rich golfer type of deal uh just here with my wife and kids but, you know, it gives me, I we golf on the side. <laughs> ride our golf cart to get the mail out of the mailbox. <laughs> they got that long of a driveway. Um, okay, I'm really loving these mountains. I know the question is, what is your happy place? I don't know if that's my happy place. You know, I don't spend a lot of time uh, hiking in the mountains, personally. But I do love this image. It's really... Um, uh speaking to me it's very serene and i also want to point out that it matches your sweater like the color palette it's the same see that's what i'm saying 
It just it just fits. Um, I'm going for. Oh, it's been such a hard day. Let me fall into bed. I never leave my bed. I love it. She's always here for me when I need her. Choose a hobby. We have reading. Even though I've probably been stuck on the same paragraph for like an hour because I'm trying to get the perfect overhead shot with my iPhone. Um, we have, I'm a musician. Yeah, welcome to my home studio. You want me to play you something? That's a big fear of mine is if I ever like met a man and they were like, I'm a musician and they wanted to play. Because even if they were good, mm. something about like watching people sing or whatever makes me you're uncomfortable. He's just, just like, I'm like, mm, stop. Uh, we have crossing the street, my favorite hobby. <laughs> what is this hobby? Is it supposed to be traveling? Like, is he at the airport? I, I assume, but also, like, you can't really tell by this context. I think it's just, it, I think it is an airport, but I don't know. My favorite hobby is not getting hit by cars in the middle of a busy intersection. Uh, and then we have chopping up parsley. Not cooking, just chopping up parsley. I love to chop up parsley. Don't be hating on my hobby. Um, no, I'm going to pick reading because I have all of these. I mean, reading it just seems like the most relatable. I'm, I'm you know, I don't often um, pose on crosswalks. That's not my hobby. I don't often chop up parsley. And I don't often create music. So, reading it is. I guess I'm going to pick crosswalk, girl. We would assume that I would pick reading, right? But there was a big period of my life where I convinced myself that I really love to travel. Which, I don't think I do. Like, I, eh, it's okay, but it's not my favorite. I like to pack, though. I have a deep affinity mm. for packing a suitcase. Uh, brings me peace. So, what are you addicted to? This makes me sick, and it's inaccurate, and it's going in the journal. Watch me screenshot it. Okay, work. Okay, explain. You thrive on pressure, and you love working day in and day out. To me, unemployed six months later. Uh, Not working makes you feel uneasy, and you're always focused on building your career. Not me never going on LinkedIn or Indeed. Hmm. That's okay. Do any Gen Zers do that? I don't or Gen K. Dream as of we're labor. Are we Gen K? I guess. It's named after Katniss Everdeen. I thought you were going to say ketamine. Ketamine. <laughs> Every kiss begins with ketamine. <laughs> um, I am addicted to my phone. You're addicted to your phone. I, thank you. I just said that. You spend most of your day on social media, talking to friends, and streaming videos. You know what? I'm going to half agree to uh, agree with this and half not. I feel like I don't spend most of my day on, like, social media. Um, I don't count TikTok as social media. I'm just going to be honest. That is an entertainment app like YouTube is. Talking to friends, yeah. I talk to some friends occasionally. And streaming videos, nobody says streaming videos anymore unless you're talking about your data plan. And why don't we have any more data? Oh, it's because you're streaming videos. I also want to throw Pinterest in the category of not social media. That's true. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Um, Is it great to finally figure out what we are addicted to? 
I don't know. Now I feel like it's bringing about some anxiety that I don't need. I feel it's like okay. I am addicted, but not in the way that they said it. Mm, I get that. Should we do our outro? Of course. We hope all you little addicts are doing well this week. We're all addicted to something. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Follow us on Twitter at Courage and Doll and check out our website. CourageDollPodcast.wixsite.com slash now playing. And if you don't have Twitter but you still want to tell us your thoughts, then email us CourageDollPodcast at gmail.com and subscribe. Bye. Bye.